Hey, this is Chip from The Real Dirt, and on today's Dirt, we're having another harvest special. That's right. You're sitting there, you're trimming weed. There's mounds and mounds of ganja or hemp in front of you. You've been at it for days now with weeks or months to go, or maybe you're listening to this in the future from now and it's you've been doing it for months, but the toil and the labor has just begun. You know, harvest is the hardest part of the ganja growing, hemp growing season, in, in my opinion, in my opinion. It takes a lot of work to get up to this point, but now you're sitting there, you are uh, reaping your rewards of your labors of the summer and the spring and the year and all the planning and you're bored out of your goddamn mind, so that's why you're listening to another episode of The Real Dirt. Hey, just a reminder, if you want to listen to more episodes, please download them at iTunes. That's The Real Dirt Podcast with Chip Baker. And uh, yeah, check out our website, therealdirt.com. All right, here comes another glider. Yeah, man. All right, so here's what's going on. There's this fancy lawn chair, basically, with a turbo engine on it that they put in a lot of small airplanes. It's fixed wing, a tail dragger, or a standard landing configuration airplane. Very small, they use them to tow gliders here at Lookout Mountain, Georgia. Here we got another one coming on. They take off in about 100 feet. It, it, it's pretty cool to see, man. I got some pictures up on the website. Uh, my family happens to live up here, my wife's family in the area, so uh, we decided to take a little detour from the uh, tour of some hemp fields in Tennessee to check out the check out the, the gliders and see some of our family. And, Wow, it's just an awesome day. It's been flooding down here for weeks. There was a big hurricane here, and then weeks after, it was flooding. And, you know, in the southeast and in other humid parts of the area, harvest isn't so kind as it is in the dry areas of Northern California and Oregon and Washington. If you're on coastal Washington or coastal Oregon or coastal California, you, you know how difficult and humid it can be. However, here in the Southeast, you have to add rain to all of that. And it's hurricane season, August to October. If you uh, have ever been here during that period of time, it rains, this is when they get the rain and it can just decimate hemp and ganja crops. You know, mostly it's, uh, well, I guess, you know, in the Southeast, it's uh, discluding Florida. They don't really have medical cannabis to speak of, so there's no real legal outdoor medical gardens. There's plenty of private people out there and revolutionaries that are pushing the envelope, growing outside in this weather, in this climate. It's really a subtropical climate. You can grow anything down here. And we're right on the uh, foothills here at Lookout Mountain of the Great Smoky Mountains, I guess. Appalachian Trail starts just not too far from here and goes north up all the way up to Maine. It's a real lush environment. You can just plant right into the ground and not have to irrigate your crops. Some years it does better than others. But I, I toured a few hemp fields when I was here 
And these are, you know, hemp for CBD extraction. It's, they call it biomass now. If you're not familiar with that term, you can break that one out on your friends. Oh, I'm growing for biomass. Where they're growing fields of hemp for CBD and they're just chopping it down for extraction mostly. There has begun a smokable hemp revolution. And I'll say you've heard it here first on The Real Dirt if you haven't already heard about it, but Hey man, just think about it. Like most of the hemp stuff is that's high in CBD is crossed with uh, ganja strains that are high in CBD and they just breed out the THC. So when, when we talk about industrial hemp, oh, here comes another one. Oh man, this glider's off the ground in like 50 feet. The plane, it, it takes maybe a hundred foot for it to take off off the ground. That's just incredible. Oh, super fun, man. Uh, never had the balls to get in a hang glider. I always like the things with engines. I digress. So mold, huge problem here and throughout the whole ganja community outside and in greenhouses. It's one of the hardest things to deal with. And there's just this right time, right place. Often you can't let your, your buds mature outside or in humid greenhouses. Greenhouses are structures that you can't control the environment good enough or well enough or effective enough and you have to really have some care during harvest. You guys know what I'm talking about. Uh, you greenhouse growers out there on the North Coast, you mostly have to pull a little early. Either that or you uh, crank up the heat. The conventional way in most conventional greenhouses is to crank up the heat and then vent the humidity off slightly. This can be really expensive, but you know, if you're on the coast, it can be the difference between pulling a crop and not pulling a crop. And all the, de all the dehumidifiers in the world won't help really. Uh, you really have to increase that temperature. Um, and if you're having problems with mold right now, it's right now, I think it's October 1st, but that's the way you can deal with it. Is you crank up the heat, propane, electric, it doesn't matter what, you know, I've used pellet stoves before. Any of that stuff will work. You know, I've been having lots of harvest reports from Northern California, and uh, there's apparently a massive squirrel infestation. Um, you know, they had some huge fires. I think uh, some people would say the largest fires in Northern California history, probably the U.S. history. 400 plus thousand acres have been burned in Mendocino and Lake County. And Lake County is in Lake and Mendocino County, you're directly under Humboldt County, south of Humboldt County. Uh, and Lake County is where all of the, the nuts for the country are grown, all the walnuts, all the like, you know, almonds and, and that type of stuff. And so all the squirrels got run out of Lake County and they went north. They went north to Humboldt and Trinity County. And no shit, I'm not shitting you guys. There has been an infestation of squirrels. And man, these little fuckers just come in and crawl all over your ganja. Uh, they break off your stems. Uh, they break off the branches as they crawl up them. Uh, they eat the, the stalks in your greenhouses. They're looking for water. And I've had numerous people call me and say, Chip, what the fuck? How, what do I do with squirrels? You know, and I'm like, oh man, you get some traps. And, and the, the, the response is, there's hundreds of squirrels. And you know, I've had people call me up that say they've used pellet guns or small rifles, and there's just no way that you can even come close to dealing with the squirrels. And 
you know, I'm not a poison person for sure, but it, it's tragic. And I know we're laughing about it and some of you guys out there are laughing about it too. But you know, if you can imagine like, you know, hundreds of squirrels just running through like a gang of bandits through your garden. Um, uh, uh, it, it, it is kind of an amusing picture in your mind, but you know, I've had numerous uh, friends and, and customers who've lost significant amounts of their harvest due, due to squirrels. It, it just proves that there's always something new to learn, and anytime you think you've, you've learned it, you know, you haven't. Anytime you say you know it all, you definitely don't. You're opening yourself for a, a rude awakening, my mom would say. Squirrels just fucking your shit up, man. You know, if you guys got any inventive ways on how to deal with squirrels or rodents, please uh, drop us a line at The Real Dirt, therealdirt.com, or on our Instagram page. You know, we, we, we do most of our social media through our Instagram page. If you haven't checked it out, check out the Instagram page. You can see what we're up to on a daily basis. We've got a lot of photographs that we take in and around Colorado. We have photographs that people share with us. If you have an interesting photograph, yeah, definitely share it with us. Contact us there at Instagram. And that's the Real Dirt Podcast on Instagram. And we're back here at Real Dirt at Lookout Mountain, Georgia, just uh, in, in enjoying airplanes take off and land and gliders take off and land. There's two ways they do it here. They, uh, at least two ways that I know. They have these small little tow planes where they drag the glider with a, a rope, um, a cable maybe, brings him up to speed to where he can take off. And the other way is they climb up on top of this mountain right in front of me, Lookout Mountain, and they jump off this cliff, which is just totally fucking ballsy. <laughs> that people do that shit. And, you know, I've jumped out of airplanes, I fly airplanes, I, you know, I've, I've enjoyed some thrilling backcountry snowboard adventures, but uh, I haven't quite mustered up the uh, cojones to jump off a mountain, you know, with a piece of plastic strapped to my back. I just remember those moments as a kid jumping off the, the, the roof of the shed behind the house thinking me, you know, we could fly, me and my cousin Paul. Fucking <laughs> I'm glad we didn't break our necks. Yo, here comes another one. It's like this all day, I guess. Yeah. All right, getting high, getting high. Yeah, my little table creatures. You know, we were in Humboldt not too long ago, and it is just incredible at the number of people that show up for the trim, trim scene, so to speak. The immigrant labors, the migrant labor, maybe you want to call it. People from all over the world come. Lots of Europeans uh, show up. Lots of adventurous souls, a whole Burning Man group. You know, after Burning Man, they roll down to Northern California, Southern Oregon. For those of you in Colorado, it's, you know, it's a little di difficult to get trim help. In Colorado, you have to mostly be a, a licensed and badged person. And I, I believe there's a way that subcontractors can come into your, your facility and work for you. But in most cases in Colorado, to, to work in the cannabis industry, you have to be licensed and badged. And what that means is they basically do a huge background check on you. It doesn't matter if you, you've had like a, 
an outlaw pass, so to speak, and had some run-ins from the law. Uh, there are some restrictions, there are some limitations, but mostly I believe if it's, you know, been like uh, just a few years, it used to be eight years, but now it's like four or five years, I believe. Um, it might even be less than that. Then it doesn't really matter what the crime is. I believe, don't quote me on that, but uh, definitely if it's a drug crime, you're doing pretty good. They've been real lenient on, on that. And, you know, so has California though. They, it doesn't matter in the state of California laws uh, if you have a felony or a drug felony or, you know, or have been convicted of a crime. Certain municipalities say no. Eureka, California, I don't believe they want felons working in the cannabis industry. But as somebody that hires felons and has hired felons, you know, most of my business career, man, you know, it's pretty easy to get caught up in some bullshit, as, as you would say. And uh, felonies are easy to come by here in this country. I, I try not to judge people. Uh, we, we try to just stick to uh, drug and drug-related crime felonies. If you drove the getaway car, I don't know, you gotta be a special type of person to work for me. Um, <laughs> that's just a mistake. You might have to prove yourself out. Or maybe it's been 20 years, but yeah, in Colorado, you have to have badged workers. So it can be difficult to find trimmers. Most of the trimmers are entry-level cannabis people, and that's how trimming is all, all around California and Oregon, too, is the entry-level person comes in it. Many people just want to move on to the grow room or some other aspect, so they're not really professional trimmers like you, you may see in, in Oregon or California. You know, and the professional trimmers just, man, they're just incredible. You guys out there, you guys listening to me right now, you know who I'm talking about. They're trimming up four pounds a day and you're only trimming up a pound a day. You're accusing them of snatching all the big buds. <laughs> You've got nicknames for each other like Bud Mangler, Bud Snatcher, and uh, there's been some other names out there. I, I won't, I won't uh, identify with individual people. I won't use those nicknames. You know who I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, but uh, there's always a little bit of drama around the trim table over that. And they just, you know, professional trimmers are hard to come by here in Colorado. Mo most of the uh, action, so to speak, happens in and around the Denver area. And it's easier to get trimmers up in that area and if you want to be a trimmer, if you're a professional trimmer, you can come to Colorado. You can get badged. It is not a complicated process. You know, we'll do a real dirt in the future on how to get badged in Colorado and maybe some of the other licensing techniques in the rest of the, the country as well. And badge just means you have been, once again, badge just means you've been cleared out to work in the cannabis industry. There's a few different levels of badges. The laws change all the time. So by the time you listen to me, it might, might have been a little different but they're not terribly hard to get. It doesn't take a lot of time, but there's not a bunch of information on the interweb either about it. If you're a professional trimmer and you're done with your season in, uh, in the great outdoor world of uh, Northern California, Washington, and Oregon, Washington and Oregon are just blowing up, then hey man, Colorado might be a good place for you to come and trim. And I know like in Southern Colorado, uh, is where they have hard time finding uh, trimmers. Uh, there's just not the population down there, but they have better weather for outdoor and greenhouse growing, and they've had better laws in counties like Pueblo. If you're interested in the trimming industry, want to stay into it, uh, Colorado's a good place to land. 
it's a good place to be too. I love it over, over there. I still call Northern California my home, but uh, Colorado's a great place too, man. You know, there's beauty everywhere you go and uh, it, it's absolutely there. Just like there's, there's beauty here in, in Northeast Georgia, um, Northwest Georgia, sorry, in geography. Yeah, man, I got a, got a call last week, got a message last week from some people down in uh, Southern Colorado that listened to our show, you know, wanted me to chat more about Colorado trimming and Colorado harvest. So uh, the next couple of weeks, we're gonna make our way down there. So stay tuned for some future episodes where we feature uh, Colorado, Southern Colorado uh, fields. And, you know, it's different. It's, the plants look different. They do it a little different. If you're used to it on the West Coast there where most of the outdoors grown, it's different in Colorado for sure. It's a different environment. And it just proves that there's not just one way. That's for sure. There's, there's more than one way to do it. Hey, I want to thank you for listening to The Real Dirt. Spending your time with me. If you're in Colorado, if you're in the Denver area, stop by one of uh, my stores, Cultivate Colorado. Tell Jimmy that uh, you heard about our growers potting soil that's on sale at the Cultivate Colorado locations right now. Growers is my new potting soil. Um, you know, previously I, I developed and manufactured all the Royal Gold products uh, in Northern California. Currently a very large seller of Royal Gold products, Tuper specifically in, in, in Denver. My new product is a peat cocoa perlite product with just a little uh, pH adjustment and some calcium nitrate in there to help it go along. It's very, uh, lowly charged, has a low charge of nutrients. It's perfect for all of you hydro formula people that run uh, high porosity mixes. People using GH, people using Botanicare, people using Cutting Edge, my favorite. You know, this is a perfect product for you. I developed it using Cutting Edge line of nutrients. You can use it however you wish. Top feed, flood and drain hydro, drip. Uh, it's a great multi-purpose product. People ask me why I've mixed in uh, peat with the cocoa fiber, and man, it just works better, dude. I mean, I love cocoa, don't get me wrong. I think the most sophisticated and the biggest and efficient gardens come from cocoa gardens. But, you know, man, for manufacturing purposes, as well as for most gardeners' purposes, peat just makes it a little bit better, man. It's easier for your employees to water it. It's easier for you to water it. It's a little bit more carefree, doesn't have uh, the problems that just straight cocoa has that are easily taken care of. But you know, if you're a cook, it might be a little harder to do than if you're a chef. So we've made this product, our high porosity blend, uh, really easy for everyone to use. It's ready to go right out of, out of the bag. You feed it right out of the bag. Um, and it's easily adjustable too, if you want to, uh, increase your pH, then you can just, you know, increase your liquid input and it'll, it'll, it'll do just fine for you. But yeah, go, go to Cultivate Colorado, ask for Jimmy, tell him you want to know everything about the growers high porosity blend and uh, he will totally hook you up. So, hey, thanks again for joining me here at The Real Dirt. If you want to check out any other future episodes, download them at therealdirt.com or on the uh, iTunes, 
Real Dirt Podcast. All right, man, I'm going to sit over here and roll one up and watch these guys get high as I get high. Stay high.